Welcome to Growth Hack by Poppy Digital. Tips and tricks to master the algorithms from industry insiders. Now here's your host, Julian Espinoza. Welcome back to Growth Hack, where we break down marketing channels like Google, Facebook, Instagram, and show them how to make them work for you. Your customers. Do you know what websites they visit? Do you know what podcasts they listen to? Do you know what social media accounts they follow? Some of you may be saying, hmm, yeah, kind of. If your answer isn't an absolute firm yes, then you need to listen to this episode. On this episode of Growth Hack, we bring in Rand Fishkin to talk audience insights and how to use them to make smarter marketing decisions. Rand is the co-founder and the CEO of an audience research software startup, SparkToro. He's dedicated his professional life to helping people do better marketing through his writing, videos, speaking, and his book, Lost and Founder. Rand shares how companies are using audience research tools and the great success stories that come along with them. Please enjoy my conversation with Rand Fishkin. Welcome, Rand. Hi, Julian. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's get right into it. And usually the funny thing is with most of Growth Hack, we don't ask people about your background and what you're doing. But I think uh, you're a very special guest and I want you to get a little bit of your background and what you're doing now. Some folks in the marketing world might know me from my previous company, which was Moz in the SEO software space. Uh, I started that company a long time ago, ran it as CEO for many years, uh, stepped down from the CEO role in 2014 uh, and left the company a few years later and started a new one, in also in marketing, uh, also software, but this is in the audience research space. It's called SparkToro. It's been going about three years now. Uh, it's just myself, my co-founder, and Amanda Natividad. So just three of us, tiny little business, but um, yeah, doing doing quite well. You went from SEO. Now you're in audience research. What you, you obviously saw a shift. You saw the internet. I mean, the internet has evolved dramatically in, in the time since you you started Moz and where you are today. What did you see in the market that was missing that really led you to diving into audience research? The case very often that brands who invest in um, growing awareness, um, growing the reach with the right kinds of customers that they want to target, uh, growing their traffic from a wide variety of sources tend to outperform those who are overly reliant on one channel. And that one channel might be there's a lot of folks who are overly reliant, at least in my opinion, on programmatic advertising, display advertising, retargeting. There's folks who are very over-reliant on SEO and they've been hit hard. I was uh, part of plenty of conversations around that and, and still am occasionally. And I think um, what what we saw, you know, Casey and I, uh, he had worked with me at, at Moz as well and then several other startups was that if you could diversify your marketing investments and be present in many or all of the places where your customers already paid attention, the podcasts they listen to, the webinars they attend, the events they go to, the websites they visit, the email newsletters that they subscribe to, the content that they consume and follow on social media channels. If you could be present in all those places, you had a phenomenal opportunity to diversify your traffic sources and build your brand and the biggest problem there seemed to be that nobody was easily able to get the data of where do I do that? And so Casey and I thought, okay, how do we, how do we go solve that problem? 
it's very interesting because the evolution of the internet has created, I mean, well, obviously we have tons of websites, tons of places we can spend our time, right? And I think that's what they're all fighting for. So you sort of saw this place where it's like, okay, there's just so many platforms out there. There's so many tools. There's so many different places. Users are spending your time. You said, okay, well, we need to aggregate the data of what our audience is doing so that we can be smarter with our marketing. I mean, is that does that sound about right? Yeah, that's that's almost exactly right. So lots and lots of brands um, have questions around their their customers, right? People who've bought from them and potential customers, the audiences that they might want to hopefully in the future turn into customers. And and those questions are things like, you know, what sources of influence reach them and what do they subscribe to and who do they pay attention to and where and how and that's both channels like is it TikTok or Reddit or Discord chats or Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever it is and it's also individual you know what individual websites which email newsletters which podcasts which YouTube channels um, and questions like and what are they talking about in those places? And what hashtags do they use and follow? And how do they describe themselves? And tell me about their demographics and tell me about their the content that they share. And those questions are, uh, it is an infuriating process to try and get that manually. I don't know if you've ever tried, Jillian, but it's um, just nuts to, to try and do that in some you know survey way or like with, with customer interviews, those, those tools are super useful for other kinds of information, but it, it just can't give you great answers to the like, okay, tell me which email newsletters I should sponsor in this B2B field. And and to your point, there is probably lots of questions being asked now because of how many platforms there are. Talk to us about like, where do you see brands spending or wanting to know more information about? I mean, like is Snapchat, Pinterest, Twitch, Discord, what channels do you see brands really wanting information behind? Whatever is popular in their industry at the given time um, and whatever the media is focused on. So I think there's, unfortunately, um, there's kind of a shiny object syndrome in marketing universe. And, uh, you know, I understand the psychology of it. I have heard a lot about TikTok. So I'm very curious about whether TikTok is a marketing opportunity for me and boy, Gary Vaynerchuk gets on a lot of stages and says that I should be on, you know, these 15 different social media networks and I, I got to always be hustling on all of them. So maybe I should do that because he, he seems to be very successful. Um, and I think that the reality is that the, the best thing that I think most brands can do when I say most brands, I especially mean small and medium brands, small and medium agencies, because very frankly, I, it's not that I don't care, but I I don't need to help big brands and big companies. You guys are doing great. There's never been a better time to be a monopoly. Um, it's just, I, I just don't, um, I don't traffic in helping those folks. But um, for the small and medium brands, the, the startups, the creators, the folks that I really want to help, I think it pays to find a few channels that work well for you and a few sources of influence inside those channels that work well for you because you're great at them. You have passion and interest around that subject matter and that type of format. Uh, you provide unique value that none of your competitors do on that platform and your customers are actually present there. 
You know, it's interesting. I, I think we have a very similar opinion. Um, G- uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's not the only one out there screaming what platforms we should be on, but he's definitely one of the loudest voices in that. Sure. And I, I'm using him as a straw man, and I, I apologize for falling into the argumentative fallacy there. But Yeah, no, I, it's a good illustration. And I, I think there's something to be said, not to derail this interview and going to this other direction about, about uh, coming off audience research, but this idea of like, you should be passionate about the platform that you're on, you know? Absolutely. No, I, I, I hate the idea that you have to be, you don't have to be everywhere. You don't have to be doing everything. I fundamentally disagree. I disagree with this in terms of your product strategy, your marketing strategy, your sales process, your, I think that the way that human beings perform best and organizations of human beings performing best is when they focus on a few things that do the most good for their business goals. I fundamentally think that if you can limit the number of hours you work in a week and bring that number down, not up, but down, you will be able to do better work in those few hours that you do work. And I think in an information economy and in a um, you know, high education requirement type of field, you, you will win based on making better decisions, not on putting in more hours of labor. And the best way to make better decisions is to be well-rested and emotionally happy and healthy and in a good place and doing your best work. And so <laughs> find the hours in the week when you're, you have the most energy and when you're feeling your best that's when you should do your work. And the same is true for channels and it's true for tactics and it's true for product investments and it's true for customer uh, serving customers and doing support. Like all these things, we, we don't need more hustling and more hours, in my opinion. We need better focus. As a whole brand, what is SparkToro doing and what is it exactly? Yeah, so SparkToro is basically um, trying to automate the process, the the best possible audience research process that we could find, which was essentially we saw some very smart uh, agencies and in-house teams who would gather together all of the social profiles of their customers, right, that they had data on, and then they would go visit those profiles with obviously a bot, right? Not a human being, but, you know, a bot would crawl them and download all of the public information available. And it would say, oh, okay, well, here's Julian's, you know, Twitter account. And he follows all these accounts and he engages with all these accounts and he uses these hashtags and he tweets about these topics and blah, 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 blah. And then they would visit, you know, YouTube and it would say, oh, okay, here's all the channels that Julian's YouTube is subscribed to. And here's his LinkedIn and that's connected to his YouTube and his Twitter. So we know that those are the same things. And, oh, here he is on Reddit. And, oh, there's his, uh, you know, Quora profile and his Medium profile and his Instagram profile. And boop, we're going to download all the data, all the things that Julian has publicly put out there that Google can crawl. We're going to go crawl those, aggregate them together for all our customers and then show insights. So 22% of our customers posted on Instagram in the last month. And of those who did, 13% follow this account and 12% engage with this hashtag and blah, 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 right? And so you'd have all this beautiful data, super actionable, super useful. Tons of customer research data is not actionable, but this is. If you know that someone's using a hashtag, that a lot of your customers are using a hashtag on Instagram, you can go advertise against that hashtag. You can go post to that hashtag. You can subscribe to it and see what else is doing well in that hashtag. You, 
you've got a bunch of actionable things that you can do. You could go do some, you know, you could find someone who's very influential in that field and go do a partnership with them or an influencer marketing arrangement or uh, whatever it is. And, and the same applies to Twitter and LinkedIn and YouTube and, and websites and podcasts and all this kind of stuff. But if you want to build one of those engines yourself that crawls all those profiles, holy crap, you're, you're talking about multiple engineers on your team and a product person and like a whole management system and probably a year of work, like to just build that one report for you, for your company. And so Casey and I were like, uh, that's dumb. Let's just build that for the whole internet. And that's what SparkToro is. We, we crawl, obviously not all of the profiles out there, but a substantial number of public social and web profiles. We've got about 80 million or so public profiles, um, which actually is around 800 million because we have them across about 10 different platforms. And then uh, we, we just let you search that database. So you can say, I want to know stuff about gardeners in Tennessee or I want to learn more about chemical engineers in the UK, or I want to learn more about people who uh, talk about Dungeons and Dragons on the internet. And SparkToro can show you aggregated data about anonymized profiles of hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, millions of those people. So social listening isn't obviously new. Um, we got HubSpot, Sprout Social, Hootsuite, BuzzSoom. I mean, the list goes on. What makes... SparkToro different from those social listening tools? I've never seen social listening and audience research sort of be overlapped. And we don't do any social listening, right? So SparkToro is not real time. It's not trying to tell you what's trending. Um, it does not tell you when your brand is mentioned. It's not it's not a social listening tool at all. And, and um, if you're looking for social listening, you'll be very disappointed by SparkToro. Um, and likewise, right, if you are looking for aggregated audience research around what percent of my audience listen to, you know, which hundred podcasts and which YouTube channels, you will you will certainly not find that on, on HubSpot. You will not find that from uh, True Social Metrics. You won't find it from BuzzSumo. Uh, BuzzSumo, though, was acquired by Brandwatch. And Brandwatch does has a, have an enterprise version uh, that offers a SparkToro-like service inside of it. It's very expensive, but excellent. So I, if you have a big budget and you're like, I really love SparkToro, but I want even more, I would go to Brandwatch. Uh, they, you'll have to deal with their enterprise sales team, but very, very good data. So this probably affects and can, can provide value across industries across segments and, and so on and so yeah. forth. Can we just talk about a couple ones that you've seen really successful on your platform? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, one side of this is um, absolutely agencies and consultants, right? So you, you can see a lot of testimonials and case studies on the website from agencies and consultants, you know, people like um, Ross Simmons or, or uh, folks like 97th floor or agencies like Seer interactive, right. And they're essentially using SparkToro to every new customer that they have, every new client, right? They analyze their uh, audience's behavior. So you told us, you new client told us that you wanna reach uh, financial planners in the United States. And so we looked at what do financial planners pay attention to? And now we have a potential advertising plan for you, a media plan, a PR plan, uh, a content marketing plan, a roadmap for your social media following and investments, 
uh, a list of podcasts and YouTube channels that we want to try and get you on. All of that stuff, right? Um, one of my one of my favorite use cases in a outside of the agency world, event planners and and podcasters and webinar hosts, where they essentially say, "Oh, well, I want to with my podcast or my conference, uh, I want to reach dentists um, in Canada, right? Where I've got a dental event. So, who should I invite to speak at our dental conference in Canada?" that's gonna bring a lot of people um, who, are, who are in the right audience for us. Aha, I can go type in dentists, filter to Canada, say, okay, these 10 people, if I got any of them to speak at my conference, they reach a ton of the folks, that's exactly who I want to come speak at our event. And I would also like them to promote it on their Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, et cetera. Um, there was one in the film and television industry that I love. So somebody, uh, it was it was a consulting team, but they're working with a studio for a, for a relatively well known television program on on one of the like subscription services, you know, Hulu, Netflix, HBO, etc. They got dropped. The show got dropped. So essentially canceled. I think it had had four or five seasons, and the showrunners were looking to get picked up by another network, and so they used Spark Toro's data to basically show that the audience who was engaging with their content, following their you know, actors and characters and the show online, using the hashtags, et cetera, were not yet captured by the, the other networks that they were pitching. And they got picked up for, I think, a fifth or sixth season, which was super cool. That is a very interesting use case, probably one that you didn't anticipate uh, when you built it. Never in a million years, right? Like we, I had a phone call with the with the team behind it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we're using it to do this. We want to try and save this show." I was like, "Oh my god, this is so super cool!" I just, yeah, it was great. Let's tap into podcasting for just a second sure. because podcasting data is so challenging to get information on. How are you guys collecting? Okay, this group of audience is listening to podcasts. How 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 are you guys approaching that? And you don't have you can be very granular on, or, or grand level. No, no, we're we're totally public about our methodology. There's nothing fancy that we're doing. There's no like machine learning or I don't know AI or some I don't know Web three like <laughs> none of that. It, it is the simplest possible possible methodology. So we basically will say, okay, Julian Espinoza is the host of this podcast, and we can see that you know from basically your social channels will link to whatever your iTunes or your Libsyn or whatever, right? And then when we see that connection, we form it. And so then we'll be able to say, okay, well, lots of people who are, you know, whatever, have some attribute or trait or follow some account also engage with Julian. And given that uh, we're making this podcast connection. So when you click on the podcast tab, you will see, you know, your podcast that with, with, with whatever percent of people we found connected to you, engaging with you online. So it's, in, it's a bit of an inference. We're essentially saying not necessarily they downloaded the podcast or they listened to it every week, but they have engaged with the podcast's social channels, the, the channel that links to the podcast they've connected with on one or more of their social profiles. That makes a lot of sense. It, it, it is very interesting because uh, my agency is trying to solve for social when it comes to podcasting. It's uh, the medium is obviously very uh, it's audio based and you know social is very visual based. So we're actually trying to solve that, but that'll be for another day. The 
I have seen tons and tons of action, Twitter and LinkedIn especially, around uh, podcasts in the business world with the audiograms. Absolutely, there is. That, that is like so crazy effective. You know, when I post, for example, you know, if we're having this chat and someone took a, you took a 30 second, like little segment of us having this video conversation, when I post those to Twitter, I, I can see like 10,000 views in 24 hours which is nuts, you know, and you'll see click throughs of like 600, 700 plus from Twitter or, you know, from LinkedIn over to the podcast, download an episode. Pretty exciting. Let's go back to SparkToro. Um, you've got plans. I can see it in your face. I can see it in your eyes. What are, what are some future features that are in the works if, you, if you're willing to reveal those? So the big two that we're working on right now, one is uh, support for our first non-English languages. Got a lot of folks who are asking about specifically Spanish and German. So we're going to try and support those early next year. Casey's working on that right now. I think he's starting with German and then uh, going to do Spanish if that works. And then the second big feature is um, we have seen a lot of interest in people saying like, okay, I get a lot of value from using SparkToro one time, but then I'm done. Like I ran my research report. I'm finished. Like what? I don't need to use it again until I have another audience research project. And so um, one of the things that a lot of folks have <laughs> talked to us about is like, could you just monitor this for me? Like every week or every two weeks, could you just tell me what's changed with my audience? I want to know the new hashtags they're using. I want to know if they started engaging with a new podcast. I want to know if they started subscribing to a new YouTube channel. I want to know if they have stopped following some social account and started following other ones. I want to know what they're talking about. What, what words and phrases appear in their content publicly online that didn't appear two weeks ago. Those things are uh, of interest. That last one probably has like a sliver of overlap with a little bit of the social listening use cases, but my suspicion is um, we're never going to be as good at that as, as like the pro audience uh, uh, social listening tools. But I think those reports delivered, you know, every week, every couple of weeks can help someone say, oh, hey, look, there's a new social account that's popular with my audience. I should engage with them. I should reach out to them. We should do something together. And it'll be a, a nice, like engaging reminder of marketing opportunities that exist for anyone who's a subscriber. So Ren, we've talked about SparkToral. I've asked a lot of questions. What haven't I asked that you want to talk about? Oh man, I mean, we didn't talk about uh, big tech monopolies and why they're bad. Uh, we have not talked about the impact of hate speech online. Uh, we, we, we didn't have a conversation about how my wife was on the Colbert Report last night. No, Colbert Report, that's not his, what's his show? The Late Show, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Uh, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about this crazy sweater I'm wearing. I, I feel like, Julian, we're just falling down here, man. <laughs> well, we will definitely save those questions and maybe what, what kind of art is in that wall uh, for another podcast episode. Love it. Look forward to that. Well, Rand, thanks for being on the show and look forward to having you soon. Yeah, I can't wait, Julian. Take care.